What is up, Thrive Tribe? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. I am your host and chief energy officer, Jeremy Abramson. I am so pumped for you to listen to today's episode. There's so many knowledge nuggets coming at you that are going to help you optimize your sleep and overall well-being. And before we dive in to today's show, I just want to remind you that there are two days left to enroll in my eight-week group coaching program. This is the first time that I've made my coaching this affordable and this accessible. Spots are filling up fast, fam. I'm not just saying that to push urgency. I'm being 100% real with you. Enrollment ends Sunday, May 23rd. And this is an eight-week group experience where we tap into all topics and subjects of human optimization. So each week we focus on a different topic, fitness, morning routine, nutrition, neuroscience, uh, subconscious mind. And, and there's also bonus modules on microdosing, flow state, productivity, a movement library with over 100 uh, mobility and strength exercises all with your body weight. Each week, I'm going to be leading live group coaching calls for this community. You get lifetime access to all of the content and there's a money back guarantee. If you're not happy after two weeks, you can say, Jeremy, fuck off. Give me my money back. No questions asked. But fam, I've been working on this the last three months, every single day. And it's one of the reasons I came to Miami. My business partner's out here, my videographer's out here, and really wanted to put together something special to impact more lives. So please, please, please DM me the word thrive on Instagram at Coach Jeremy 305 if this is something you want to reserve your spot for. Again, fam, this is an opportunity to stop settling for mediocrity. Stop allowing stories from the past, limiting beliefs to rule your life. You have the ability to take ownership of your health and your happiness right now. So DM me the word thrive at Coach Jeremy 305 on Instagram. And yeah, I, I really hope to see you in there, fam. I hope that you make the decision to invest in yourself. And now for today's guest, it's a really special one. I am bringing you Matteo Franceschetti, and maybe the most fun name to say that we've ever had on the show, but Matteo is the CEO of Eight Sleep, which is a company focused on using technology to help people optimize their sleep fitness and efficiency. They have over 40,000 customers, including people like Tim Ferriss, Jennifer Lopez, and many other high-profile celebrities. And they're quickly becoming one of the largest sleep databases in the world. This is a powerful technology. It's a powerful story and it's a powerful tool to further optimize your sleep. And as someone who's been tracking my sleep on Aura Ring the last few months, I continue to struggle with my REM sleep. So we talk about that in this episode. Mateo gives us tips on ways to optimize deep sleep, REM sleep, and also things to stay away from if we want to optimize our sleep. So again, don't just listen to this episode and let the information go in one ear out the other. Really do your best to implement what we speak about today so you can make the changes and transformation in your life. Enjoy the episode, fam. I love you so much. Let's get after it. Mateo, my man, welcome to the show. How are we doing on a Tuesday? Great. I'm super excited. Thank you for having me and let's have fun together. Yes, sir, brother. So I want to know, you know, I did a little digging on your background, but I'm really curious how you became so passionate about sleep and its relationship with human optimization. Can you talk us through a little bit of that? Yeah, when I was a teenager, I was an athlete. So I was playing tennis tournaments. I was 
almost doing any sort of sport you can think of. And so I have been trained and educated about you know, performance and recovery. Uh, then I became a lawyer. That's the bad part of my career. Then I became an entrepreneur and I was the typical entrepreneur working long hours. And so at a certain point, I started wondering why there is no technology in a third of my life. There is Elon building reusable rockets and taking us to Mars and we spend a third of our life on a piece of dumb foam. And I say, can we fix it? Can we fix this? And so that is how everything started. Amazing, brother. Well, t- take us back. So, so you went to law school. You practiced law for how many years? Five. Okay. And did you just did you just realize like that you weren't very passionate about this thing, and you wanted to tap more into something that served humanity and added value to the planet, or what? Yeah, I think so. Before even becoming a lawyer, I had a, a startup. I didn't know at the time what the startup was, but I, I had a company that was making money when I was young. Let, let's say <laughs> that is how I was thinking. Then I went to law, graduated, joined two of the largest law firms in the world. I worked there. I was doing well. Uh, but then I saw this opportunity to become an entrepreneur and build my first company that was in clean tech and solar. Um, and so I was passionate about that because it was something really good for the world. It was matching uh, the type of uh, um, expertise I developed as a lawyer because as a lawyer, I was uh, doing project finance. Um, and so I just became an entrepreneur. I always wanted to, to you know, have my own uh, chance and my own opportunity and things uh, to come. I love that, brother. I love it. And I'm curious to know, circling back to your tennis career, and growing up playing competitively in Italy, I'm curious to know who was your favorite player growing up. There was this guy. I mean, there was a a, a guy who was Italian. Uh, he, I think, got to like number ten or thirteen in the world. His name was Andrea Gaudenzi. But at the time, there was Agassi. There was Pete Sampras. Out in the early days of Federer, there was Nadal. There was this guy called Munster Master. Uh, he was Austrian and he was like a beast, right? In particular on the red clay. And so I had all these guys that were my idols. And uh, yeah, I was playing tennis six out of seven days, training two times a day plus going to school. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. Just going back to that. I mean, I'm sure when you look at Djokovic, Federer and Nadal and the amount of longevity those guys have had the last 10 to 15 years, and they're still the top three players in the world, which is unheard of in tennis, because usually when you hit the age of 30, it's like, okay, you're over the hill, your career's coming to a close. And those guys have defied any sort of stereotype we have about tennis. And I'm curious to know, what do you know about the relationship between sleep and athletic performance. I mean, I'm sure those three in particular are paying special attention to their sleep. Yeah, I actually tweeted recently about Federer. I think he sleeps somewhere between 10 and 12 hours per day. Uh, So he really puts a lot of attention to that. Another one who is really famous for that is LeBron James. LeBron James, uh, he's obsessed with his sleep. And a lot of these athletes, they first really sleep at night somewhere between eight and 10 hours. And then second, they also add naps in the middle of the day. So in between training, they nap. Uh, Most of the NBA players, they nap uh, during the days when they play matches, for example. Uh, So it's growing the interest and the education for sleep because all the trainers are understanding that this will have an impact on your mental and physical performance, but it will also help you to reduce any risk of injuries. Mm, That's really interesting. Can you talk us through a little bit of why sleep is so important, especially for athletes in terms of the recovery process? What exactly is our brain doing while we're sleeping? Yeah, I mean, there are two core, there are multiple phases in our in, in our sleep, right? But there is what is uh, uh, normally called deep sleep and uh, REM. Deep sleep is the part where uh, your physical body is recovering. 
and that is really important in the night and tends to be skewed towards the first half of the night. And then the second part of the night is where you tend to spend more time in REM compared to the other phases. And that is the part that is more dedicated to your brain. So there is where you substantially, you reclassify the information from, from the day. And if you are an athlete, even things like you now learning new movements and trying to memorize those movements in order to make them very natural, that is part of your, of your REM phase. Um, and in general, in, in deep is really important because it's when all the cellular parts get regenerated and your body gets regenerated. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that's really big because, you know, I've been wearing this aura ring the last three months or so, and I've just been, <laughs> I wear yeah, everything I have. You got all the tools on. Yeah. So I've just, yeah. been, I've just been really doing my best to increase awareness. Like how does a certain activity impact my sleep? And for the last three months, I've noticed that my deep sleep is pretty good. It's like an hour and a half. It's about 20% of my total sleep, which I think is pretty solid. But my REM sleep has been struggling. I mean, there's some, there's some, there's some nights, Mateo, where it's like 15 minutes of REM sleep, like really fucking bad. And it's concerning to me because again, I am exerting a lot of energy and effort throughout the day whether it's through my movement, whether it's with my clients, whether it's doing what we're doing now. And I know that by having my REM sleep deprived, I'm not showing up as my best self. So do you have any uh, strategies for me to improve my REM sleep? I'm asking this selfishly for myself, but also for all of those other listeners out there. Yeah, a couple of ideas. So as I was saying, usually you get, you tend to get more RAM in the second part of the night. And so, well, the first thing I would try to do if I was you is to sleep longer because by sleeping longer, uh, very likely the phase that will get impacted the most uh, and extended is RAM. Uh, so that is the first thing I would like to do. Sleep an hour more for a week, try to look at your data and see if RAM um, is increasing. Um, that could be one reason. So you don't sleep enough. And so most of the time you spend asleep is dedicated by your body uh, to deep sleep to recover the physical body. And there is not enough time for REM. The second option could be temperature. So if you sleep in an environment that is too hot or too cold, your brain will not let you fall into REM. The reason is when you are in REM, the brain deactivates uh, substantially the temperature control of your body. And if it's too hot or too cold, the brain will not let you get REM because you could potentially die. Imagine that if you were in a storm, right? Uh, and so we get called thermal neutrality. So an environment that uh, is uh, um, neutral from a temperature standpoint. And that is part of what our device does as well. So what is that ideal temperature? Is it about 66 to 68? No, meaning a lot of people, you will read a lot, oh, you should sleep at 68 degrees. That is wrong. And the reason why it's wrong is your body temperature changes during the night. And so 68 degrees could be right for 30 minutes, maybe one hour, but definitely not for eight hours. Your body temperature drops as soon as you fall asleep. It goes as low as possible in the first part of the night and then slowly starts rising. And it's your body that gets ready to wake up two, three, four hours later. And so it's really like a U-curve. Mm -hmm. And so the right temperature in the first part of the night is different from the right temperature in the second part of the night. In the second part of the night, it will very likely be warmer. Um, but the exact temperature is very personal. And it's something that you need to try and play with it until when you find the exact temperature. So is that one of the unique qualities of eight sleep, being able to shift that temperature based on the time of day? Yeah, exactly. So you have multiple temperature settings for the night. 
right now. Then internally, we are working on machine learning models that will change the temperature in real time based on your biometrics. So we will know you are in REM, and so you need this temperature. As soon as you fall asleep, you need this uh, in deep sleep, you need this temperature. Even because sleep works in 90-minute cycles, right? So you will always have light and deep and REM. It's just, okay, what's the percentage of each of them? In the first part of the night, the deep tends to be bigger than REM. In the second part of the night, REM is bigger than deep. But they, they are still there in this night uh, circle, cycle. And so our device and our intelligence is all about adjusting the temperature based on these sleep stages, HRV, heart rate, and respiration. Mm, I love that. And talk to us a little bit about HRV, heart rate variability, because I know this is a super important metric for our overall cardiovascular cardiovascular health and well-being in general. And I think it's very misunderstood and oftentimes counterintuitive to what we would think. So can you just talk briefly about the importance of HRV and what an ideal number may look like? Yeah, so HRV um, is extremely important. HRV stands for heart rate viability and is a metric that is indicative of how stress is your body from a physical standpoint, not mental, physical. And so when I talk about physical stress, let's say that today you go and you run a marathon, your physical stress tomorrow will be really high, right? There is a lot of strain, your body's tired. And so the lower the HRV, the worse. So the more tired you, you are. Let's say you have a 20 HRV today versus your average is 50, it means that today you're really tired. And so at that point, what you should do is you adjust your training. You train, you don't train, or you do a sort of active recovery during the day, just not to keep your body moving, but in a very light way. When your HRV is, instead is really high, that means that you're ready to go. You know, there is a limited physical stress on your body and you can train really hard. What is important in sleep is this. When you go to bed, very likely your HRV will be low because you're tired after just the day. And so you want to look at the delta, almost the trend of how much your average HRV grows during the night. That trend is really important. And you can match it with your heart rate arrest trend which instead should go in the opposite direction. And so your heart rate as you recover during the night should slow down. So those are two metrics that I look at in all my wearables and my AIDS sleep. Got it. So just to recap that for myself. Uh, so as the night goes on, as we're sleeping and, and, and time progresses, our HRV should, should, uh, should Brenda. go, it, it should incline. Right. Um, because that's signaling that uh, that's signaling more more rest for our physical body. That our body is more in a peak state to perform because we're getting that rest. Um, and you're saying uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum is our resting heart rate, which is going down throughout the night. Again, as our parasympathetic nervous systems getting activated and things like that. Is that correct? Exactly. So HRV needs to trend up. Heart rate arrest needs to trend down if you look at the beginning and at the end of the night. Interesting. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm I'm literally looking at my numbers now. And and my average last night at least was 40 for my HRV and it peaked at 94. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah. HRV is really personal. So it's not that we can say, oh, 40 is good or bad. It's really personal. And so what you need to do is you keep looking at that and you know that the previous days was maybe 30. And so 40, it means you are uh, ready to go today. Or maybe your average is 60 and today you have 40. And so you need to take it easy. But what you want to look at in your data on a daily basis is, again, these trends. Uh, devices like 8Sleep or Aura, they show them. And so you see your heart rate during the night and you see your HRV during the night and you see how they are trending. Awesome. Yeah. And how much, I think there's so much importance in these different devices, right? But on the other side of the spectrum, I also see that humans are 
hyper-connected to technology at all times of the day. So how much should we rely on this information and how much should we also rely on our intuition? Like the feeling we have, that inner knowing of like, you know, even though, even though it's saying that maybe I shouldn't go hard in a workout, I feel ready. Like, I feel like I could crush it right now. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a good question. And it's a question I receive often. And I think obviously there is not one single answer. I think it's a matter of data points. And one of the data points is how you feel, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you're energized just because today is a great day. There is a big thing that you care about. And so you have adrenaline and you're ready to go. At that point, you need to listen to, to your body. The key thing is, uh, I think, in 2020, we also need to rely on data and technology to better understand our body, in particular for things like injuries. Or maybe today you feel great but and you double down on your training, but then tomorrow you will feel really, really bad because your, your body was already stressed and now you're adding this on top of that. Um, and so I think it's always a matter of balance. Mm, yeah, I feel like... I. I... That, that that makes sense. I'm always trying to operate and, and also coach my clients on trusting your intuition and like building that 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 sixth sense, right? With that pineal gland and that third eye, yeah. like knowing what you need at this moment. Uh, Mateo, I'm curious to know, I know you recently posted something on Twitter about eight sleep hacks. And I'm curious to know, uh, we have a pretty educated audience and community here at Thrive University. Can you maybe run through some of those biohacks for sleeping that aren't as well known that might surprise some people? Yeah. Um, obviously, I try everything, right? It's part of my job and it's part of my passion. So I, I'm, I'm lacking and I go to the extreme. Um, but yeah, there are a couple of different things I really like. One is what, is, what I call a thermal shock. And so you can do a thermal shock a couple of hours before going to bed, and you do it in a couple of different ways. One, very simple. You take a shower, and you keep switching between hot and cold shower. So maximum hot, maximum cold, 30 seconds each for 10 times. And so this, to me, on my body, really relaxes me, uh, this switch between hot and cold. Another way you do the same, particularly if you're in an hotel, is you take a sauna, you do a nice bath and then sauna and a nice bath and then you try to meditate or relax for 20 minutes you will feel all the stress going away and you will feel extremely relaxed that is one second i have philips U at home and so they switch to orange around 7 30 and then every 30 minutes they dim down a little bit and by 9 30 the lights are off in my house i go to sleep pretty early i'm, I'm a sleep nerd so it, it, it's, it's part of what I do. Um, the other thing I do is in the 30 minutes before going to bed, I do mobility exercises. So I work on my hips. I work on my feet. I use uh, a, um, uh, a couple of massage guns um, or even a roller. But I really try to work on my body and to relax it before going to bed. From time mm-hmm. to time, I take melatonin. Uh, not always, but just sometimes when I don't feel super sleepy. Um, I use uh, um, blue wave glasses. I'm obsessed with temperature, obviously, part of my job. So the temperature in my bedroom and the temperature of my of my pod. I love that. Amazing. Cool. So in regards to the thermal shock and the kind of hot-cold contrast, are you saying that's most optimal to do, you know, an hour before you plan on going to bed? Yeah. Okay. I do it right before dinner. And okay. then, yeah, usually I have dinner and a couple of hours later, I go to bed. Where are you doing that in Miami? Are you doing that at your house? Yeah. Nice. You have a sauna? I'm building, yeah, a sauna and I'm trying to build a, a nice plunge. Oh, I love it, brother. Yeah, I have a cold plunge here, an uh, ice bath. And uh, I just got, I'm working with a company. I just got red light therapy too. So yeah. um, really doing my best to be mindful of my circadian rhythm, especially as we go through this time change. And 
And what I've noticed is something that you alluded to earlier was sleeping a little longer. Um, I'm doing my best not to use my alarm to wake up. And I've been waking up later than I normally was. Like I'm waking up at like seven now, 7.30, but I check my sleep score and it's much better. And, yes. um, and I'm thinking that just allowing my body to get the proper rest that it needs rather than using an alarm clock. Um, do you have any data or any information anecdotally or science that, that shows maybe the importance of waking up naturally without an alarm clock? I've heard that's pretty optimal if possible. Yeah, so two things. So first, what I would recommend you is try to sleep uh, one hour longer per day for a week, only one week. In that way, you gain seven hours of sleep that week, which is substantially one night. And then you tell me how you feel. That is how you can immediately assess if you need more sleep. Maybe you need more and you will gain that extra hour of sleep because your performance during the day will be so much better that that single hour is irrelevant in the grand scheme of your performance, right? And then you add the value in terms of lifespan and health span. And then at that point, it's a, it's a no-brainer. So try to do the test for a week. After one week, you will immediately know if you're feeling better or not in terms of performance, mental agility, and general how you feel. Going back to your question about the wake up, we solved that problem. Um, we created a smart vibration alarm. And mm -hmm. so we start taking you out of REM and deep. And by, when is the time of the alarm to go off to make sure that you wake up? We started to gently vibrate your side of the bed. So you wake up, but there is no sound. Because what people hate is this sound going off while maybe they are dreaming or while maybe they are in deep sleep. And then they wake up groggy, even if they slept enough. It's just a matter of this thing is going off at the wrong time with this noise, and that is the torture. So eight sleep has solved that. Yeah, that's amazing. I can't wait to, to start playing around with that amazing device. Um, okay, so we have we have thermal shock, the, the hot cold contrast. We have doing some of the, I, I think you said dimming the lights, which is huge. You know. Everyone listening right now, like be mindful. And I talk about the importance of those blue light blockers, because if you're exposing yourself to screens or any fluorescent lights, you know, you're, you're releasing cortisol, you're suppressing melatonin. And in the evening time, that is the worst thing for you to optimize your sleep. So just being mindful of that. And I'm curious to know, what are a couple other things, Mateo, that, we should not do before going to bed. Yo, what up fam? Sorry to interrupt today's show, but I just wanted to remind you, time is running out to join this eight week elevation experience with me leading and mentoring you every step of the way. If you've ever gotten value from my content, this podcast, and you've been interested in working with me, this is your opportunity. Okay. I have spent the last five years coaching some of the highest level executives CEOs, entrepreneurs, athletes, and they oftentimes pay me between eight and $12,000 for my 12 week program. And this is an opportunity to work with me for $297 guys, a one time investment. And you're going to get lifetime access to all the content, eight group coaching calls, and there's a money back guarantee. If you don't like the experience, give me the middle finger, ask for your money back after two weeks and it's all yours. So there's no risk involved. And this is your opportunity to, to stop being a slave to your past. This is your opportunity to take 100% ownership and control of your life. The decision is yours, fam. Again, DM me, thrive at Coach Jeremy 305 so you can take action on your dreams. Now, let's get back to the show. So the most impactful things are alcohol. I stopped drinking two years ago. Alcohol, sometimes you say, oh, I have a couple of glasses of wine. They will slow down my mind and I will sleep better. No, what is going to happen is your HRV will drop during the night. Your heart rate at rest will go up. 
and substantially the, the quality of your sleep will drop meaningfully. So alcohol has a major impact on the quality of your sleep. Even if you fall asleep, even if you feel foggy, so you believe that you are sleeping better. I used to think that. I have hard evidence, and there is plenty of medical evidence that alcohol is going to be bad. Um, what you should do, it depends. It's very personal. But you should try to, if you still want to drink, which is fine, try to limit the amount of drinks, right? One, maximum two. Try to leave at least a couple of hours between your last drink and the time you go to bed. What our data is showing is that four hours is the perfect amount of time. Obviously, it's challenging to stop drinking and just going to bed four hours later. But you get what I mean, right? Try to leave as much time as possible. Another thing that has an impact that is pretty obvious is coffee. The rule of thumb is stop drinking coffee eight hours before going to bed. Uh, again, it's personal. For me, it might be eight hours. For you, it could be four hours. The other thing is what you eat. So carbs, uh, there is evidence. Uh, there is uh, um, some studies that prove that carbs can help you fall asleep faster. But then the quality of your sleep will be lower. So you will get less restful sleep during the night. So what you eat and how late you eat will have an impact on your sleep as well. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. And caffeine has a half-life, I believe, of six hours. So if you're having 200 milligrams of cafecito in Miami at, at 2 p.m., you know, you still have 100 milligrams of caffeine in your bloodstream at 8 p.m. and 50 milligrams in your bloodstream at 2 a.m. So you can see how having that caffeine later in the day is going to negatively impact your sleep. So we have alcohol, we have caffeine, we have some food, you know, eating before bed is one of those things where it's like, do you really want your body working and metabolizing and absorbing and digesting food when that's really it's time to repair? and recover. And, yep. and, and I think that's why you've seen a lot of people have success with things like intermittent fasting. It's because you're basically cleansing your body. You're, you're having that autophagy on your brain, kind of this cellular renewal on the brain, which, which is really powerful. Um, so, so Mateo, I'm curious to know, uh, with eight sleep, with this baby of yours that you've created, you have some pretty big names that are using it. Um, I'd love to kind of get a little bit of a, a little bit of a story on this entrepreneurial journey you've been on, you know, what have been some of the biggest challenges and, and also what have been a couple of the most uh, impactful breakthroughs yeah, I mean, like in any startup challenges, we could be talking for you know, three, four, five days and, and mm -hmm. we'll have enough stories. Um, I would say the probably the, the most relevant is hardware is hard, right? So to really build an hardware technology takes time. It takes time to go from an idea that you have on your mind to a physical product, a physical product that can scale and you can build thousands of units that is reliable and people can sleep on. So um, I didn't have any hardware experience before I sleep. And so it, it took some time to nail that part. And you need to hire amazing people that can really cover that for you. But that was uh, probably the big challenge. Breakthrough, I mean... There are a couple that I, I think make us really, really happy. First is when we get feedback from our users, right? We see people that were unable to sleep and now they are able to sleep with our temperature regulation, right? People that gain up to 40% more deep sleep with our product. Then another thing is in particular now with HR and HRV and all the data, um, we have seen people that see direct correlation between how they feel and what the pod, our technology, tells them. There is a person who has migraine all the times, and we are able to tell this person almost in advance that they might have that. In the near future, we will be able to tell you if you are going to have the flu, because a couple of days before, your heart rate at rest goes up. Um, so we are going to save lives. 
And sometimes people say, what is that moment for you that will say, okay, all this was worth. And I think is when we will save the first slide. Yeah. I love that. Well, and, and it's hard to even say like when that is, because you guys are already indirectly saving lives. I mean, people, people neglect the fact that sleep deprivation increases your chances at every single chronic disease, including dementia and Alzheimer's, because there's more amyloid plaque accumulating on your brain when you're not getting that proper sleep. So I think you've probably already reached that goal and uh, uh, brother and um and you know what what do you see like what do you see as some of the next strategic moves for eight sleep i mean is it is it partnering with a wearable technology i think you have your own but is it partnering with a, a brand like aura or whoop uh, getting it into the hands of more athletes. What are some of the what are some of the plans that you have if you're able to share those? Yeah, so we're working on a couple of new products first. Uh, let's start from our vision. Our vision is to compress your sleep and save your life. Compress your sleep is what if you could sleep only six hours and get more rest than when you were sleeping eight hours. And we have a couple of hypotheses of how to achieve that. Then saving your life because during those six hours, we have so much space in the bed that we can introduce so many sensors and we will be able to track everything about your body. We have ideas for sensors that already exist that will um, make it possible to scan your body at night to detect cancer. Wow. Uh, so in three to five years from now, going to your bed will be more valuable than going to your doctor. Not because we want to replace the doctor, but because you will be able to just share in a second in real time your data with your doctor and know if there is anything wrong. Um, so that is what we are building. Wow, that that's pretty exciting. You know, yeah. uh, that I mean, that's really exciting. And um, have has anything has anything from the last year of the pandemic has any of that uh, contributed? towards what you guys are doing at eight sleep like did you guys have any aha moments during the last year that were like oh my gosh this is something that we need to address so our vision has been the same since really the early days of the company there is this memo that i wrote internally in 2017 that was already outlining this direction and uh so that is good. Uh, obviously, I think COVID uh, made uh, people way more health conscious, right? In particular, of things like respiration or in general, their health. And so company like us, I think they can meet that demand and make uh, give more peace of mind to people. Mm, yeah. What has been for you personally, has there been... A, this past year, obviously, we've all kind of faced different challenges and stuff like that. I mean, for you personally, business aside, what is something maybe uh, a divine download, I like to call them, but what is something that maybe has come up for you, maybe a challenge or also a breakthrough, um, something that maybe you started doing and now it's like such a big part of your life? Professionally or just both in, uh, personally, pref professionally, whatever you feel called to share. I mean, as a company, we became a remote first company. Uh, and so now everyone is working remotely. And it's, it's sometimes it's weird to think that one year ago, I was going to the office every day. As you know, like any entrepreneur, I was working long hours. I was at the office 7.50 and I was leaving at 8 p.m. And then probably from home, I was still working a little bit. And I still work long hours, but now that I'm, I live in Miami, I can work from my house. If I have 30 minutes or one hour free in the middle of the day, I can go running. I can go get you know, some sun. Um, I, I, I can work from, from outside, sitting on the grass, getting some sun and still talking to my team, right? So I think the quality of my life um, improved a lot while I'm still able to really uh, work hard to deliver what I want to deliver to, to the world. Yeah. I love that. I love that you mentioned sunshine because 
There's still people out there that are afraid of the sun. They think that being in the sun is going to give them skin cancer. And um, it turns out that consistent sun, especially in the morning, is one of the most important things for your circadian rhythm and for optimizing your sleep later that evening, right? So is there anything you want to add about the importance of sunlight? Yeah, I mean, it's really important, right? It first is, is, is vitamin D, right? It's something that is important across the board for, for your body. And second, I think the sun has you now these, these sort of relaxation properties uh, and has a huge impact on your circadian cycle. That is why, you know, if you go on Amazon, you can buy some of these lights that can sort of reproduce, you know, reproduce the sunlight. But there is nothing better than getting it. And so sometimes I wake up early in the morning and I go out for a walk or for a run. And now that I live in Miami, there is so much sun. Or when I can, uh, I work from outside. It's just healthier. Um, and so I invite everyone to do it. And then you can use the right cream to protect from you know, the, uh, for, you know, with the UV protection. Uh, but sun is important for your body and your health. For sure. Has that been your favorite part about living in Miami is the year-round sunshine? Uh, I would say the sun uh, and uh, outdoor activities. Again, be before I was going to the office 12 hours a day and then working again. Here, if I have 30 minutes, even if it's just 30 minutes, I can just go out there and run and come back and, and keep going. But no, I, I was calling it the rat life in my previous life because I felt like a rat that I wake up, I was doing some training. I was waking up super early, training, going to the office 7.45, leaving at 8 p.m., home, eating, going to bed because I wanted to sleep eight hours and, and restart. And, um, and now I can leverage some of this free time, right? Even if they're short blocks, but to do something for, for my body, my health. Yeah, brother. I think that that's huge. You know, I was there the last six years and I'm, I told you before we hopped on, I'm going to be coming back in April, but it's such a nice luxury and way to enhance your quality of life by like not thinking that you need to get all your workout or your movement in, in one hour. You know, I, I think it's so valuable to take these little pockets, these little windows of opportunity, whether it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes get some movement, get some sun, ground yourself. And that's ultimately going to energize you for whatever comes next in your day, whether that's podcasting, whether that's leading a team, uh, whatever it may be. How, how big is the team at eight sleep now, Mateo? Yeah, we're um, over 50 people and um, we're hiring a lot right now. So we might double by the end of this year. You guys are 50 full-time employees? Amazing, man. So, so tell me, tell me this. First of all, are, are they all U.S. based? No, we also have a team in China and Mexico. Oh, wow. Okay. What is what is the biggest challenge of managing and being responsible for fifty people and soon to be a hundred as you continue to grow? And maybe what is one of the leadership qualities that you are currently in the process of improving to manage this team and make sure that they are thriving? I would say, so the, the number one job for a CEO is uh, um, direction, right? You need to set the priorities and you need to simplify things. That, that is your job, not to help people understand what is the right thing to do at a certain point. And I'm not saying about how you, the tactic to solve a problem. I'm saying what problem you need to solve first, because it will have you know, a secondary effect on other things or is more important for the business. Um, so that is where I keep challenging myself because it's never enough. There are always more things that we could be doing or priorities change because maybe you now sales are going of the roof and inventory becomes a priority while it was not a few months ago. Uh, the challenge is uh, at the same time is to find that line between pushing people to achieve things they were not uh, even thinking they could achieve, uh, but at the same time without burning them out. 
mm-hmm. right? So there is a very thin line. And once they have achieved more than what they believed it was possible, obviously now you probably made them a better person because now they trust themselves even more. But there is that thin line, in particular, if it's a project that um, uh, falls apart, for example, there are struggles where it immediately could turn into burnout. Mm. Wow. That, yeah, that, that definitely sounds like a challenge. Like the pushing, I have a smaller team, but, but yeah, definitely pushing them, letting them know how powerful and capable they are without going over the top. It's like that. It's walking that fine line. Um, I love that, man. If I was to ask someone on your team, Hey, tell me, tell me what the best quality about Mateo is as a CEO. What do you think they would say? the first thing they would say they really care uh i really care and i i I show it in the dedication and passion and availability every single day i I think it would be harder to to give more i try to give it all everything i have because i care about what we're doing i love that brother is there any is there any you you know i think I, i like to humanize people when when they come on Thrive University because you know people listening people watching on YouTube sometimes they think like oh these guys you know they have it all figured out they're healthy they're they're successful in business whatever they don't have their struggles so i'm curious to know like is there anything with your health with your wellness right now that you're currently trying to improve that maybe isn't at the level you'd like it to be at yeah, I, I think it's connected to probably meditation. Um, I'm always on, and that comes with the pros and cons. The con is I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I want to do is to check my phone and see the revenue of the previous day. And you say, Matteo, don't look at that. But then you start developing anxiety because you still want to know that. And so then is this trade-off. Do I look at that and I know I have peace of mind because I know how well we did yesterday or I try to push myself to relax even if I can't because I want to know that thing. Um, and then as I, I sleep a lot, right? I sleep eight to nine hours. And so during that time, a bunch of things happen with China and everything else. And so by the time I open my eyes, my Slack and my email is already, you know, has plenty of things and yeah on paper you could say Matteo nothing happens if you tackle this an hour later you were off for eight or nine hours who cares if it's 10 but then probably you wouldn't build or you wouldn't try to build what I'm trying to build and we are trying to build as a team if you were not always pushing and you live always in this mixed feeling where you feel like well I'm, I'm too much I should take it easier but you can't because you're stressed and you just want to keep moving. Wow. Yeah. I really resonate with like everything you just explained. Um, I definitely struggle myself to turn things off sometimes, you know, and uh, it's something I'm currently continuing to work through. And, and like you said, you know, when you're trying to build something special, when you have that vision, to make such a huge impact in the world, you know, it's always looming. It's like, it's like, you know, that there's, whether it's fires to put out, you know, as the CEO, there's always fires to put out. Um, and there's always things to be doing. Like the work is never done ultimately. Um, so, so what, how would you define, uh, how would you define work-life balance and, and what does that mean to you? Yeah, I call it work-life integration. Is actually, I think, a word that comes from from Jeff Bezos. And uh, right or wrong, because I don't think there is a you know one one solution that fits all. Um, for me, they are they are the same thing. Uh, no, I my life is fully integrated with my job. My wife is one of the co-founders, and mm-hmm. so even on Saturday we have a breakfast together and and we know that we will talk about work. There are boundaries. So she has set some boundaries and a lot of fun stories. But um, I think about my job 24-7 and not at least I think because I'm obsessed, but because I'm really passionate. And so we were talking about athletes before. It's like asking Roger Federer if he doesn't think about tennis on Saturday because it's Saturday or on Sunday. 
it's it's part of what you like. I I like what I do. And obviously I try to distract myself. I play tennis, I do sports, I have you know some family moments. But at the end of the day, all that I think about is okay, how, how can we take this thing to the next level? Um and I do it because I love it. So yeah, it's it, yeah. I, I I mean I second everything you're saying. That must be uh, husband and or partners who are founders together. I feel like it's a beautiful thing. And there's also, like you said, like there needs to be boundaries, right? Because yeah. because there needs to still be those moments of intimacy and 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 presence that isn't revolved around work. So. Can, do you mind maybe sharing one or two of those boundaries that your partner set that have helped maybe create more of that separation between uh, personal and professional? Yeah, so the the rule, because I'm the one who never stops, right? And so at a certain point, she, my wife said, enough is enough. So you need to tra- treat me like a colleague. And so a couple of funny things. So the first one is, so personal life is on WhatsApp professional life is on slack and so sometimes i might be screaming on slack pushing to get something done faster but then i'm i'm whatsapping what do we have for dinner uh and my brain is able to work in two dimensions and so in one side i'm really like frustrated and pushing for something and on the other i'm completely okay what do we have tonight the other thing is sometimes we are on the couch let's say it's 10 p.m at 10 p.m., the rule is you you wouldn't call a, a colleague un- unless it's something extremely urgent. And so I cannot talk about work, but I can still slack because I could slack another colleague. And so sometimes I'm on the couch next to her and I start slacking her and I can hear the phone vibrating and it's me and my messages, but I cannot talk about <laughs> my idea. Um, and the other funny thing is a bunch of meetings, including, so my wife reports to me because I'm the CEO. And so we have one-on-ones and we do them on zoom, even if she's just in the other room, but we really try to treat each other like uh, any other colleague. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So you, so you still do the zooms, even though like you're in the same room as each other, uh, to kind of keep that promise, like, Hey, we're going to still keep this as professional as possible. And that, that, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that, that seems very challenging, but, um, props to you brother. And I'm sure, I'm sure that dynamic has helped contribute a lot towards the growth and development of eight sleep. And will continue to do so as you guys continue impacting lives through the way people recover and rest. Um, I'm curious, Matteo, is there anything, I know we're running a little low on time. Is there, is there something that maybe you'd like to share that we didn't cover today about eight sleep, about yourself or anything along those lines? No, I mean, eight sleep, go and check it out. Eight sleep.com. So again, our mission is to compress your sleep and save your life. And our products in, 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 a, in a small fraction are already doing that. Uh, so check it out. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, if you're interested to know more about health and, and sleep. Um, and about me, no, I'm just normal guy, passionate about what I'm doing. Love it, brother. Yeah. And I acknowledge you. I acknowledge you for, you know, recognizing that being a lawyer wasn't your highest calling, that there was something else that you were passionate about, that you knew that you were here to serve humanity in a bigger way. And I acknowledge you for picking up that call because some people get the call, Mateo, and, and you know, they never answer and they, they stay in that rat race you spoke about, unhappy, resentful, for 40, 50, 60 years. And, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that we're having the chance to connect and I'm excited to connect with you uh, in Miami, be able to kick your ass in some tennis. Um, uh, I'm curious to know, Mateo, because this is Thrive University, what is something, what is a lesson that you wish you were taught in school growing up? Or a lesson that you would love your children to be taught in school? Yeah, I have this 
I have this theory, and it's just my theory. But now, when when we grow up, our parents and our family they they try to protect us because they want everything you know, to be to be perfect, which is great as, as a kid. But life is not perfect, right? You have to fight to get what you want, and you will have you no. Know, you will be down sometimes. Things are gonna be hard. You're gonna fail, and you need to restart. And I think sometimes we overprotect our kids or I was even overprotected. Well, instead, I just think it's part of the game. There is nothing bad. I mean, things will fall apart. It's part of the game. Just keep going and then they will pick up again. And I think I was lucky enough that sport taught me that lesson uh, because sport is tough, right? You, you you get what you deserve. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But I, I really think that that part of how we educate children it, it's something I would like to slightly adjust the day I will have kids. So you wouldn't give trophies to the eighth place team, right? <laughs> Which is what they do yeah. here in America, man. They, they, yeah. a lot of times they, they, they're scared to hurt feelings, but oftentimes that's part of reality, right? Like that's yeah. preparing you for real life. Like there are no eighth place trophies. Yeah. So, I appreciate that, brother. And um, I think I think that's a valuable lesson. Um, I would like to know, final question. It's your final supper. You've created everything you could ever wish for with your family, with eight sleep. It's become the biggest biohacking sleep aid company that's impacting millions of lives. Um, and you have the final supper right? Three people you get to sit down with. It can't be your beloved family. It has to be three other people. Uh, we'll say that they have to be currently living. Um, I'm curious to know, who are you choosing to have that final meal with? And what are you having for that final meal, most importantly? I'm going to have pizza, 100%. So that is easy. I'm going to have... Uh, Barack Obama, Elon Musk, and Lewis Hamilton. Barack Obama, not because of a specific uh, political position. I, I just would like to know more about his story and, okay, running, not being president of the United States, what, what, what that means. What kind of shit did he go through? Um, Elon Musk, because he's crazier than me. And, okay, uh, talk to me about the future in 20, 30 years and tell me more about Mars. And Lewis Hamilton, because I'm a, a motor racing uh, fan, and uh, he's the guy who won more titles in the history of F1 with Michael Schumacher. And, uh, and uh, he's black. He came from nowhere. He was able not to really become one of the greatest ever. And um, he's an idol. He probably has some good sleep patterns, too. Yeah, probably. My brother, finally, Matteo, again, I appreciate you so much, brother, for, for coming on here and dropping so much knowledge. Where can people connect with you and, and where can they learn more about 8sleep? Yeah, so 8sleep, go on 8sleep.com, 8 like the, the number, but in letters, so E-I-G-H-T sleep.com. Uh, there on the homepage, you also find my the link to my Twitter where I'm pretty active. Um, so you can follow me there. And if you Twitter to me, I'll reply. Amazing. And we'll include all of that goodness in the show notes, fam. Thank you so much, Mateo. Thank you so much to every single human being who took the opportunity to listen and expand their mind. And you already know what time it is. It's time to optimize your sleep and thrive. Oh my goodness. So many knowledge bombs in that conversation. And I'm just grateful for people like Mateo who are forward thinkers and who are innovators and who are really dedicating their existence to furthering our human experience and our health and wellness. So again, fam, all of the links are provided in the show notes if you're interested in checking out Eat Sleep, getting hooked up with a discount. Um, and if you got value from today's sh show, make sure to show some love by sharing the show with a friend, leaving a review. It really makes a huge impact and it allows us to reach 
more people and impact more lives. Speaking of impacting more lives, fam, again, I know I've mentioned it already before, but this is your opportunity to work with me for the next eight weeks to have the most legendary summer of your life. Again, $297 one-time investment. This is something special. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be on this journey with you and make your health, your happiness a priority. So DM me the word thrive at Coach Jeremy 305 on Instagram, fam. I can't wait to get your message. And again, I love you. I appreciate you and I support you. Remember, you are here for a reason. So you already know what time it is. It's time to stop settling for mediocrity and start thriving. Let's get it.